I'm Matt Dragonstone, and this week we'll be talking with medium, healer, and energy worker Chloe Ariel. I first met Chloe at a psychic expo in Frankston in Victoria, Australia in 2019, and we became pretty fast friends because I could tell with Chloe uh, that she was the real deal. And part of the thing that I want to do with this podcast is introduce you to people who I've had personal experience with in terms of the work that they do and who I believe are legit. So working in this industry, you come up against a lot of charlatans, for want of a better word, people who aren't genuine, who aren't authentic, but who maybe sometimes provide you with a beautiful narrative or beautiful story in order to part you with lots of your money. Chloe is the exact opposite. She is engaging and funny and we have a really good rapport, so the interview is fantastic, but what you get with Chloe is a kind of absence of bullshit. She, she says what she means and she means what she says, and I'm really excited to share Chloe's story with you. So, hey, Chloe. How you going? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, great. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Thanks for um, thanks for joining us this week. And thanks for sharing your story with us, because I reckon your story is pretty amazing. And as I mentioned in the intro to this week's episode, um, you, you learn to spot the people who aren't authentic and genuine in this game pretty quick. And yeah. when I first met you... Um, I knew instantly that you were what I would call the real deal, right? So I knew that things were, what you were saying was the truth. It had a real profound feeling for me somatically sitting yeah. across from you, just knowing that, that what you were saying to me was the, the truth about how the universe works. So I want to share your story with a bunch of people, mate. So tell me how you got into the game, so to speak how you worked, you know, well, how you got I, into this work. I really didn't have much of a choice. Um, like I've always been a medium, um, so I've seen or um, experienced the spirit world since um, I was a young age. But um, when I was younger, I kind of pushed it to the side because I had my life and my living and my experiences to go through. Um, but all the way through uh, my teenagehood and uh, my childhood, Probably getting from the age of about 12 upwards, I started having more and more paranormal experiences. Um, my very first one was around 12 um, where I experienced um, remembering a soul memory of seeing my mother and um, actually it was my grandparents with um, it was a man and a woman and three children on a beach and um I told my mother about it and gave her specific information about a man pulling a silver um, contraption from the, the beach and sand with um, pippies in the, the shell uh, silver casing um, on what I described was a peninsula. And um, she told me that that was actually her and her my two uncles and my grandparents on the beach in 1951. And um, me as a spirit was hovering around to kind of check out um, what ancestry or family I was going to um, come into. So um, I think she was a little bit blown away by that um, because it was a very specific information that I was giving her. 
So this was when you were 12? Yeah, when I was 12. Bloody hell. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I described that I'd floated through um, a golden sort of round bath-looking thing and I knew that there were people with me um, and I, I... as I'm speaking, I still get the information. I now know those people that I was um, around this sort of bath, golden bath, were now are now my guides. So I recognise them now, but I was told um, to go through this, I suppose you called it a portal, and to now float down and I was checking out my parent, my mum, yeah, before I, yeah, so that's interesting. And um Soon after that, it was just like I was just getting all these paranormal experiences. And I think I'm not one of those mediums that go, oh, yeah, I saw all these spirits around my bed when I was four years old and it's been happening ever since then. It's like I was opened up at a specific time. Um, So 12 was the age with that. And then soon after that, I had this experience of um, I went with my mum, I don't know what she was thinking, to this like – meditation night in the early 90s um and I was around all these adults and I was like what is this and so we had to close our eyes and I was like it's really bizarre and um suddenly out of the blue um was this giant crow appeared a giant raven or crow a black bird um appeared uh, like a per- personified like a human size and started squawking in my face with all the wind and all the hair and all the (laughs) (laughs) squawking in my face, and I was completely freaked out thinking that's what meditation was. (laughs) That's what you do when you go to meditation. But obviously that was um, and then some sort of I now understand that at that particular age it's kind of like a form of initiation. So, um, yeah, very interesting. So 12 is when it all kicked off. How did you integrate that? Because that sounds like a massive, you know, blasting open by the universe and and sort of a big direction towards where you should be working in in this incarnation, right? How did you integrate that through um, the the otherwise tumultuous period of adolescence and then into early adulthood? Well, I didn't really integrate it very well because I, I just wanted to shut it down naturally. I just wanted to be normal like everybody else. Yeah. And just be a kid. Um, so it's interesting going back there and just seeing it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I shut it down naturally. Um, and then it opens. It's like a, you can imagine it's like almost like a door that opens and then you, with your energy, you just shut that door. And I think I was kind of given a snippet of it. Um, yeah. And I was having all these experiences. Um, I now sort of see it more like shamanic, like everyone was really large and I was really small, kind of like an Alice in Wonderland kind of like moment of like, I now sort of see it of me going in and out of dimensions. Um, yeah, but I wasn't ready to really open up and I'm glad I was, I energetically shut that down or even my guides were like, okay, you're going to have a little bit of an opening now, but now we're going to shut it down for your well-being." And it reopened up about at the age of 18. And um, yeah, so at the age of 18, I uh, had experiences with seeing a, a massive UFO, big red ball of light whilst walking across Camperdown Park in Sydney in 1996. Mm. Uh, but prior to seeing the UFO, I had telepathically looked at the UFO and was like, uh, or looked at the sky and said, 
oh, wow, it's a really bright night. I'd really love to see a UFO. That's what I said in my mind. <laughs> yeah. And I was with two other friends and we walked across to the park and there was a massive big 20-foot eucalyptus tree there. And um, I looked up and this big red UFO went and kind of 360 degrees above the eucalyptus and went, whoosh, disappeared straight back up as fast as it came. And I went, oh, my God, yes. I've always wanted that to happen. I was so excited. But my two friends kind of stood there in like comatose. <laughs> like they could not integrate that experience at all, but I was very excited by it. But around that time too, I was also experiencing a lot of um, ghost phenomena yeah. in the house that I was living in. Oh, my goodness. I had a poltergeist in my house. Um, mm. It was actually a little girl, um, as poltergeists usually appear to be, like little children, touching my face every night. Um, but I was just like, oh, gosh, not wanting that to happen. I couldn't, I was really, even at that age, finding it really hard to integrate um, this being, this little spirit touching my face. And, yeah, to the point in that house where things were, uh, we, me and my um, flatmate observed going into the kitchen and observing all the cupboard doors and uh, or in the kitchen opening and closing at the same time. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And my flatmate just looked at me and went, okay, I'm going to go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just kind of looking at the whole situation in like a trance-like state, just kind of really blown away, not being able to really understand it, turning around and walking up back up to my room, closing that door and just completely, I think, going under the covers and just, you know, that's, yeah, form of shock, I feel, not really so much integrating in a very graceful way because um, I end up uh, finding, searching out and finding a medium at a psychic shop and going, this is what's happening in my house. Yeah. Um, can you help us please clear it, whatever it is? Um, and her turning up and, and me, me witnessing a, a clearing for the first time. Yeah. Bloody hell. But when I when I think about the kind of work that you're doing at the moment, yeah. those themes sort of repeat themselves a little bit as well. So the the channeling um, and the shamanic work and the yeah. interactions with you know spirits that present themselves as animals and yeah. that cosmic connection too through you know UFO and and intelligences that are outside of the human but in a different part of the solar system. And the house clearing aspect of it as well, the seeking help yeah. and, and dealing with poltergeists and, and yeah. things of that nature around, around the context of people's homes. Yeah. This, that period from 12 to 18 seems yeah. to be the time when all of these themes that you now work with exclusively in your, in your healing practice yeah. presented themselves and, and now they're kind of repeating and you're just you know, you're, you're in the position of mastering working in that, that specific context, so to speak. Yeah. Well, that's interesting yeah. that you say mastery because basically you're, you're going through with all these experiences, it's kind of like the school, the yeah, school okay. of paranormal phenomena where you're yeah. getting a, a diploma mm. really and you're not realising that you're going through Hog, Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry at the age of 12 to 18, but the spirit world is actually setting up all these tests for you. Yeah. I mean, of course, I can look back at it now and think, oh, that that's amazing, like thrown in the deep end experience, you know, um, that I could handle. 
and I gained strength from it and uh, acquired mastery, I would say definitely to a point I'm still learning. I'm always surprised by new things that I learn. Have, but, yeah, definitely those that period is definitely, yeah, you're thrown in the deep end and you're like, okay, either sink or swim. You've got no yep. other choice. Because, you know, I ended up asking my higher self or my guides at the time. I, I would just, I always had all throughout even my early childhood a voice that would speak to me. So that was the thing that was always um, the sturdy sort of uh you know, intuitive sense of self all throughout my childhood was having that that inner voice um, speak to me. So I asked that inner self and I said, am I meant to be doing this now, um, this spirit work now? I see spirits all the time. They're asking me. They need help in the shower, a Vietnam vet, come, you know, in the <laughs> outside going, can you help me speak to my family? And I was just, can you just please leave me alone? I'm having a shower, please. <laughs> No, my, the, the, the steady inner voice said to me, no, um, but you're going to be doing it later on in life because you have to go through some steps before you get to that point. And a part of that mastery is to be able to go through life and learn, go through the hard knocks, go through all the uh, you know emotional experiences that you do with relationships, having a child, going through bad you know relationships, good relationships, just life experience. Mm-hmm. Then you can get to a point where you can go, okay, now I can sort of integrate that sense of mastery with the paranormal but with my experiences as a mature woman because it really then I opened up again in um, – probably about 2015, I'd say, again, um, where I was um, counselling, being a counsellor, always in the helping field, you know, uh, uh, being a therapist and a counsellor, um, but then always having my mediumship in the closet. I was a yeah. closet medium for a long time. Been there, done that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and being found out, you know, are you yeah. psychic? Yeah, that's um, always fun, especially yeah. at work. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially when your co-worker's standing there helping you on the computer do something, doing something, and then you know the, there's a then you sense that she's actually pregnant, and then her little um, child is right next to you, going, "Are you helping my mummy?" Mm. <laughs> and then you've got to stand there going, "Okay, she's pregnant." <laughs> yeah. I'm going to keep that to myself, um, but I'm going to try and slyly ask her some questions, you know, without being found out. But then you get found out. Oh, it's yeah. it's hard. It's hard to code shift a bit, right? So if you if you're sort of trying to put on the corporate face or the work face, and then yeah. it's a mask because the real, oh, totally. you know, the real face is underneath that. But at the same time, when you are working in a therapeutic context as a healer or a therapist, you've really got to have a heightened sense of perception anyway, or what they call it now, a highly sensitive person. There are most HSPs anyway. That's the medical model diagnostic term for it, you know. So you can, whilst you're in that realm, you can sort of change the words around. And so you can say instead of like, my intuition is telling me or the, the spirit world is telling me, you can say, um, actually, my felt sense as a therapist is, yeah. is telling me. And I do believe there are a lot of counsellors and people who are in the healing field that are definitely highly intuitive and uh, oh, I yeah. think the better ones are, 
you know? Yeah, definitely. Do you think that, do you think that uh, experience working in counselling um, equipped you with, uh, you know, a toolkit that's yeah, kind I- of unique amongst healers? Because you're a healer now. You describe yourself as a healer. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I would agree with that having experienced energy healing from you previously yeah. in quite a yeah. profound way, an effective way. Yeah. So you're healing now, but you're, you're taking, are you taking a lot of that counseling toolkit with, oh, 100%. You to work with clients? I absolutely have that toolkit there. And I don't regret the experience that I got from that working with a lot of families, a lot of children, uh, a lot of people who are, you know, traumatized. So yeah specialized trauma counselor you know you, you've got that in your back pocket as well it's important to have that so you can in some ways be able to interpret or sort of tell them in a way what's happening on a emotional level but then you can go into the energetic as well um so you it's definitely something that you still use yeah 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 i'd, I'd, I'd believe it for sure so what kind of work are you doing at the moment within the field of healing is there a specialty? Is there something that you're repeatedly asked by clients to do? Because that happens with me. Um, you'll get a, a theme that yeah. presents itself with astrology. Oh, yeah. It could be couples, like synastry, or yeah. it could be something psychological, what have you. So where are you drawn to the most within the field of healing and how do you do it? Um, well, it depends on the week, really. Some some days I'll have uh, Johns that come to me for house clearings, entity clearings, um, mm. <laughs> energy healings on the body, emotional clearings. Um, it'll be strange th- themes. Like in counselling, you call it parallel processing. Mm-hmm. So you'll have certain um, particular themes of a week. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm an energy healer. Um, but within that area, I'm a medium, so I'm able to speak to the spirit world. But I call myself like a medium healer. So as a medium that's the kind of umbrella term. So you may have specific mediums that deal just specifically with the afterlife, mm-hmm. but as a medium healer, you're most notably working um, with people using those highly attuned mediumistic healing abilities to kind of sense into the human energy biofield to see what stuck emotions or stuck trauma needs clearing. Okay. Um, and I call them soul sessions. Um I wasn't actually trained in it. Um, it just sort of happened one night after I had, I'd call it an activation. So yeah. in 2020, um, it's like um, it happened during a couple of weeks and I do believe it was the, definitely the beginning of all the light coming to the planet now. It's like I had mm. these different abilities that just woke up. Um, yes, you've got your medium there, mediumship abilities and now you're going to start using them because now it's time it's, it's all timing yeah um, well, yeah yeah so I had like a week of um where I couldn't stand up and um I had vertigo really bad vertigo to the point where I had to hold the side of the wall just to go from the bed to the to the couch and then back to the couch to the bed um and I had you know after the first or second day of that, um, I thought it was just fatigue from working as a counsellor um, during COVID and all of that, you know, experience with the fires in Melbourne and all of that. Working, I was working at a hotline at that stage. Um, uh, so, yeah, so I, I had really bad vertigo um, to the point where I called up um, the doctors and they were like, you have to come in for an MRI. 
yeah. Mm, so. That's interesting. So, I mean, I'm assuming everything was fine with the MRI. I'm asking because um, our previous guest, his journey was with an arachnoid cyst that um, the process of going through that healing journey kind of awakened him to Reiki as a modality and then eventually hypnotherapy. But given that this is Leo month on the Dragonstone podcast and you're the second Leo I've had on in as many episodes, the MRI thing, was that okay? Or were you in a similar kind of No, I ended up, I ended up asking, I ended up sitting there and, um, uh, just sitting on the couch one day going, what is this? What is going on? I don't want to go for that MRI tomorrow at the doctor. I know and I intuitively feel that there's some other reason for this. And so as I sat there, um, a purple being. Yeah. The Arcturian constellation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the atypical looking uh, grey but purple skin um, with the big eyes um, stood there and said to me, do not worry, dear one. You are going through an activation. Everything will be okay. Mm. And then suddenly I had this feeling of like mm, calmness over me and I was like, oh, okay, all right. I said, can you turn it down a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> can you turn the vertigo down a little bit? I don't really understand what's happening to me, but I know on some level like this is a good thing. They said everything will be okay. So I was like, okay. And then I think about three days later the vertigo disappeared and then one day I woke up and I was like, I think I can do this distant healing thing. I think it's like I, and I'm pretty sure I had this kind of memory that I went into the afterlife, like, you know, in your dream state, and I was at school. I was like learning in a classroom. And um, I was getting told or being re-remembered how to do things. Yeah. So then I woke up and then I tried it out on some family members and it seemed to work. I think I remember in the beginning really getting sort of carried away with putting myself in the middle of a bunch of crystals. (laughs) I was like, right, okay, I've got this download. I know how to do this, but let's do this. So, um, yeah. I don't know what's going on with my body at the moment. I'm going a bit red. I don't know what's happening at your place. I'm picking up energetically something going on there. Oh, you're picking up the stress. This is how sensitive you are. You're picking up um, the stress that I'm feeling right now because my daughter just woke up. (laughs) I'm trying to record this podcast and hoping that the screaming child isn't going to feed through. So apologies, (laughs) folks, if you hear (laughs) my youngest daughter. I I was sensing this redness going on here. So has she got a fever or anything like that or? No, she's just she's just six months old, mate, and um, adjusting teething or anything like that. Yeah, teething. It's yeah, okay. it's teething. Yeah. Teething. So she's got a fever with the, the teething. So that's what's going on with me here. Right. So that's what's going on. So that's information for you. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you can actually. Uh, what do they call that? I remember with my daughter, we use these ice things that you put in the fridge, and that she just needs to chew on that. But um, yeah. I'm uncomfortable with the pain, she says. Yeah. So there's new teeth coming through, yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, it's about okay. we're, uh, we're we waiting healing, for them. To- I, knew heal, I had a feeling healing and action would actually happen. Oh, I, I had a little bit of a feeling as well because the thing is, Chloe, whenever <laughs> you and I talk to one another, mm. um, it's like we enter into a, a little bit of a vortex <laughs> of yeah. energy and we sync up really well. Um, you know, that happened pretty much from the first moment we met at the Psychic Expo at Frankston in 2019. 
Um, yeah, and right. you know, from my perspective, I put it down to a past life connection. Um, yeah. and so, you know, it's easy for us to talk and dialogue in a way that's comfortable. Um, yeah. but you know, I, a lot of people, and particularly when it comes to energy healing and particularly when it comes to entity extraction and house clearing, yeah. um, people have questions and I want to ask you the kinds of questions yeah. that I okay. reckon our listeners are going to want to know, and they're pretty sort of straight up. Uh, so talk to me about stuck emotion in the energy field. Talk to me about how you sense that in someone's field. Does it have a visual quality? Does it have a, a somatic feeling for you? Oh, all of it. Like just what, as an example, what I'm doing now, I'm getting a somatic um, experience about what's happening with your daughter because um, can you see the rash on, on this area here? I can. Yep. You got, you got a rash coming up. Jesus. Yeah, so that's a somatic experience about some illness or disease going on. So um, I describe myself as an alchemist. So my body as a conduit, because that's what I am, I'm an energy conduit. That's what really all mediums are. We are readers of energy. Um, so my body as a consciousness technology, which is what it is, um, sensing into what's going on and what needs to heal and what needs to clear. So as an alchemist, I clear density to light. We clear, what's the old um, term, you know, uh, making lead into gold. Yeah, yeah. It's a philosopher's stone, isn't it? Is that what they call it? Or? Oh, <laughs> I love <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, um, the The process of clearing different types of emotions that are blocked, they must have a different feel to them, right? So anger would be different from depression, would be different from grief, yeah. et cetera, right? So how yeah, does I'll, that? I feel it in the, um, the emotion in my body. Mm. So I will feel that emotion come up. And sometimes um, you've got to kind of check in. And you, I have tools that I use as well if I can't really get to the the grasp of, um, you know, the emotion. Uh, so I have, like, my own emotion chart and stuff like that. But usually I would, con as a conduit, I would feel it. And then I channel. Um, you've seen me work. So I channel um, how that emotion came up. I'll have, like, a sentence that I'll say, you know, gosh, darn it, I can't believe I can't do anything right, bang. Mm. And there's a feeling of shame and then I'll go into clairvoyance. I use all my clairs basically as a, as a healer. So you use your clairs, clairvoyance, so you'll see an imagery. So mm. you see each clairsentience, like this is clairsentience that I'm seeing, feeling in the body here. Yeah, it, your neck and chest is bright red all of a sudden. Yeah, right? and your yeah, bloody eyes have changed. Something's going on well. in your house, so I'm like, "What is going on?" Oh, um, just kids. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you're you're using all of your clairs, your clairsentience, your clairvoyance, your clairaudience clair as well, right? And I know you've got a, um, you've told me about the situation in your house, but now I can smell mold, like. <laughs> Yeah. 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 We're moving. We're moving because there's bloody yes. mold everywhere. And, and I can literally smell it here. So this is consciousness. Doesn't matter where you are. I work with people all over the world and all over Australia. Like this is how amazing we are as people, right? We don't actually realize our own abilities that we can actually can connect with people all over the world because we are all actually connected. We're all connected by an invisible thread of consciousness. So I'm using my consciousness technology, which is my body, using all the clairs. Um, so as I mentioned, all the clear, clear audience. So you're hearing sentences, you're hearing things. This is how we connect to the spirit world. We'll hear sentences. 
Um, I'll hear, specifically when I go into um, childhood wounding and childhood trauma, I'll see, I'll see the inner child. Um, we then talk to the inner child. I go into the in-between worlds with that child and um, with the person in front of me, their energy will go together. And in the in-between world, um, this is shamanic work, really. This is some people call it the quantum healing room, or I call it the in-between world, where we are able to do really powerful healings to clear the density in the field. Yeah. Mm. Are we we're using all of your clairs. There's clear cognizance as well. So that's the um when you get downloads or you kind of um, have things that drop into your consciousness, yeah, as um, information, which is when you're channeling, you're using clear cognizance. Mm. So, yeah. And you're, you're using that ability to kind of uh, connect in with people large distances away from you yeah. a lot, yeah. almost like exclusively. You don't see clients face-to-face, do you? I, I, I do sometimes. Um, yeah, exceptions are friends um, or I get to know the person a bit and then I'll bring them in. But I like to have that distance because it's a sense of protection as well, especially if I'm dealing with really um, dense energy in regards to entities. Um, because I sense into entities that are attached to the human biofield. Yeah. Um, so that's they usually um, entities are, if you don't know what they are, concentrated form of energy that as a frequency is attached to a particular frequency inside of you that is usually unhealed. Yeah. So it's, as a density, we're, it's like a jigsaw puzzle piece that, that connects, right? Mm. And in some ways that these beings or these entities are coming into your field to kind of plug up that gap or that crack in your field, yeah. that the, the unhealed part of you. So um, to some, I think some people, they think, oh, my God, entities and there's all these other, like, what the hell is that? Sometimes depending on the person that I'm working with, I'll just say, look, I'm just kind of taking this energy out and I'm mm. going to take it and I just want you to repeat some words I, you know, I sever all contracts I made with you and, you know, I let you go, whatever it is that comes in and I'll, I'll put the entity in a particular container and then I'll mm. open the portal and I'll throw the entity through there. And depending on the person, depending on the person's blueprint, I may not do it like that. I may just take it out and um, give it compassion and it kind of transforms into the light depending on what type of being that it is. Yeah, it's pretty out there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, but it's also fascinating as yeah. well, um, yeah. as well as being effective because part of the experience that I had with a healing session with you a couple of years ago involved entity extraction. It involved removing stuck emotion. It involved yeah. all manner of different interventions into my energetic field yeah. that came you know along with a visual analog right so it was like someone threw a spear into my back or it was like this thing was attached to my head you know and it was you know you were describing (laughs) all of these um entities like visually um so i'm i'm mindful that sometimes when you talk about certain things those things can enter into a space and given that you've just opened up in the interview i want to ask you about whether i can ask further questions about the entities or not, whether you're comfortable with, problem with it. At you're all. okay? Like I go into a room that will scatter. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm lucky to vampire slayer. So I'll go <laughs> in and they take one look at me and go, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, energetically you're quite intimidating <laughs> <she> when, <laughs> when you're open and when you're at work. 
So um, what kinds of entities do you encounter most often with people and how do they present and what's the underlying cause? All different types. It's really hard to describe. I was just trying to think of maybe someone I've worked with recently. Uh, I do see a lot of kind of vampiric um, entities. I'm trying to think of someone last week. Uh, Oh, yeah, okay. I work with... um, I'm just thinking of one particular person. It's always multitudes of people, right? Um, so I'll see these kind of long sort of snake-like, fang-like um, entities. Mm. Kind of These ones um, I'll be working in a particular area. I might be clearing some stuck emotions or something, and then suddenly I'll just have this feeling. Um, when I feel entities, it's like it's a clairsentient feeling first. So I'll feel like this kind of sharp, only way I can describe it is this kind of sharp energy in the left side of my face. And then I go, okay, we've got something here. And then in my mind, I say, show yourselves. Come on, show yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You come because some of them like to hide. They yep. kind of like just, I know, if we go over here, she's already sensed us. Okay. And there is a universal law here. And I I think I just knew this. I've obviously worked like this in other incarnations. Um, I have worked, I feel, um, as a priestess in ancient um, Rome, which mm. um, I feel that we have a connection with. Um, I've already talked about that with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah, Delphic so, vibes, man, straight from the oh, beginning. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. And Very I, Gretchen, I, uh, you know, Hellenistic, yeah. Oh, 100%. And I'm pretty sure I taught there as well. So I taught these methods and how to do this. Mm. Um, what were we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let's go back to the entity. Um, yeah, so you're, you're seeing these um, long extended entities with like fang-like appendages. Oh, yeah, yeah, and they, yeah. you, you tell You demand that they show themselves. So, yeah, usually with those I'll pull them out. And then I'll, for my method, everyone's got their own method, right? Basically, you want to turn density into light. So with that particular being, um, I just place it in a container. I used to wrap it in light and all this sort of rigorama. Now I just grab them and uh, I've done so many now. I I just kind of put them in a container. Um, um, And you'll um, send them off to where they need to go. And that yeah. involves different levels and sometimes they'll come back and then you have to do um, about, you have to work with the person in front of you and figure out, okay, there, there's still an attachment to this being. Most notably, people get attached to their entities because they've had them there all their lives and they've served a particular purpose, right? So sometimes I have to talk to the people and just say, look, you know, you have to say to the entity, thank you, thank you for serving me and helping me with this particular issue, Um, but now I need to let you go. And there's sort of sometimes there's like a little bit of a grieving process with people. So when I'm sending them off that sometimes they'll come back Mm. unless you get to the root cause of um, there's a sort of secondary gain. And that's what you learn from counselling, funnily enough. That there's always like sometimes sometimes people don't want to change or get better from their illness because there's a gain with that particular illness, right? And I find that with entities, there there is a purpose with a lot of them, right? And it's usually some sort of gain that they get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Power, energy from others, protection. Protection's a big one because they um, – a lot of people pull in entities when they're in positions of vulnerability or powerlessness. So they'll call it into their field in some ways. It's sort of to sort of surround the wounded inner child. And I'm just thinking of this particular 
um, you know, person, but there's so many reasons. Like you've got the mul- the multiverse. Are you talking um, we're working in uh, multidimensionality, really? Well, if there's also multiple ways in which um, entities can kind of occupy and and bother people, you know, more or less, that, that in a way that motivates them to come to you. Because in terms of entities in people's fields, yeah. that's only one aspect of your healing practice. There's also entities that attach themselves to places as well as people. And so house clearing yes. is another arm of, of your, your sort of um, offerings in terms yes. of your professional, your professional offerings. Yep. And I don't need to go to the houses uh, in person anymore. I yeah. Just- I used to do that over a decade ago. Um, I used to do it on the side. I'd be a counsellor during the week and on the weekend um, uh, people found out that I could uh, help the stuck spirit in their house. And so I'd, I used to go to this Zumba class and the lady's kind of like, oh, she's really sensitive. Oh, like she's a medium, but, you know. So they'd get me to go. I had these ladies and I went to their houses and, yeah, I I cleared this spirits that were in the house um so they were slowly sort of you know it was stepping out of the closet as a medium um and they were really grateful um these um particular women that was a house um in perth uh, when i was there mm. and I had, uh, she had a a guy there that was um from the second world wars really it didn't really make any logical sense um i was like why is there an american soldier in her house in perth across from this park and then you look up at the history that park across the road from her was actually used by the allies by the american troops during the 40s so it all actually historically was verified and this guy was stuck in a room and just as soon as i walked in i could clairvoyantly see him and i just had a chat to him so this is how i work with spirits i I have a chat with them just like I would, you know, you say, how do you use your counselling skills? Basically your your skills (laughs) really as a a spirit counsellor. You're just getting to, you know, what's happening? Why are you still here? Just tell me about what's going on. Mm. And they they haven't talked to many people for a while. So the the tendency um, for spirits, um, they're usually a lot easier to to let go of emotions than when you're in a body. So when you're talking to people, a human (laughs) in in a body, they may have to go for a few counselling sessions, you know, then they sort of are able to move past the the grief or the trauma or whatever it is, you know, if that or if not more. Mm. But when you're working with a spirit, it just seems to be really fast, seems to be quite Mm. quick, the way that they're able to clear that density. They have a chat to you. Yeah, um, you tell them, look, there's no, there's actually no more reason why you need to be here. And I'll send healing energy over the top of them if that's what they need. Um, mm. I tell them, you know, whatever it is, because I've got my guides there with me. I've got my spirit team. And if I feel a bit stuck, I always refer back to them. I go, what do we do next? Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. happening? It's like I've always got, I'm always consulting with my team of guides. Yep. Yeah. They've been my teachers. Really? They're my teachers. Oh, yeah. I I lean very hard on mine as well. Um, You you need a spirit team. You're not doing this by yourself, this kind of work by yourself. And the the more you listen to them, the the, the better it is. And they can come up with the most um, really unusual uh, ways of of clearing things, you know. Like I now do everything um, or people just need to give me an address and I'll do the same thing. I'll write a report down of how I talked to them, what they needed to clear, how they were affecting the people in the house. You know, this one liked to 
turn the switch on and off, you know, to get your attention and this is why and, you know, there's always some learning in the household too, and I, which I've found there's always some sort of frequency um, or, or trauma in some ways that the ghost kind of parallels with, which is really interesting. That, that is interesting. Uh, it is. See, yeah. everything is energy, frequency, and vibration, as Nikola Tesla said. And when you do this work over and over and over again, it becomes even more apparent. You know what I mean? Well, houses have vibes, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm moving yeah. house because of this mold issue where I am at the moment. Yeah. And we've found a place, and, and you better believe I'll be booking in for a house clearing with you before we move in. Um, but you know, if you, if you go and do a rental inspection or if you're going to buy a house, you can walk in, even I can do that. And this isn't my field. Um, and you can tell that this house has this sort of residual vibe about it because of the types of people or the types of activities that have gone on in the house itself. Um, you know, a really clear example would be like a crack house where they've been cooking meth and it's got that kind of really strange energy about it. Um, and I say that because, you know, um, during my rental career i've inspected places that have been sort of you know busted as as meth houses and really? oh, wow yeah, yeah, more than one <laughs> would oh you believe goodness. but it gets that solventy kind of energetic vibrational thing about it do yeah. you that must be turned up to like 15 for you when oh, you're yeah. tuning into people's houses where there's not necessarily a spirit or yeah. an entity but there's a fucking vibe that is bringing yeah, it down for everyone energetic imprints um okay yeah you you'll get a sense of if someone's part in a room um yep. have this heavy one of the biggest giveaways when you're going into a house or even when I'm remotely doing this work is that one of the rooms is a spare room that's packed with furniture so I'm mm. like okay why is it so uncomfortable in this room that you you've got this room as a spare room where everything goes in you know I'm like okay this is you know that's a big fat giveaway um so, yeah, you have death imprints, um, imprints mm. of uh, domestic violence in a house where mm. people are assaulted. And I'll see it all clairvoyantly as I'm going um, through the house. Um, there's only, I think there's been only one or a couple of houses where there hasn't been the spirit there, but there's just been a lot of residual energetic imprints that I've had to clear. Mm. Um, but, yeah, haunting is very different. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people would be um, coming to you not with that same level of sophistication, not with that same level of willingness to engage with any spirits that are haunting the place or, you know, entities that are attached to the house itself. Um, Often, you know, because I've lived in lots of different rentals, you'll you'll live in a place that's haunted and you'll get up in the middle of the night, you'll go to the toilet and you're walking along the hallway and you can just feel it. It gets really cold. The hairs on the back of your neck stand up. So rather than stop there, often with a full bladder and like start a healing dialogue with whatever the entity is that's giving you the heebie-jeebies. I tend to just get out of it really quick, get back to bed and the next morning burn some sage, burn some Palo Santo and often just banish the fuck out of them. But your approach is totally different. Your approach is more well, like this dialogue. You're like, you know? sure, if I, it's in the middle of the night and I really need to go to the toilet, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, in Maslow's hierarchies of needs, right? <laughs> you do that first and go, oh, God. Yeah. You know, sometimes I've come across, um, I'll have come across a spirit and I go, oh, look, I really just can't deal with you right now, but, look, I'll deal with you tomorrow. 
I literally mm. have done that before, but, you know, park yourself over there, get ready. I'll have a little conversation. I'll get ready. I'll send you a packing tomorrow, okay? So just pack all your, you know, your stuff up in your realm and um, I'll get ready for it tomorrow, okay? All good? Yeah. All right. Great. And then because it does take a bit of energy, it does take your own energy to be able to talk to them, um, get a sense of what's going on, do the healing for them if needed, um, and then you might, you might then realize that there's not just one, but you've got a couple or you've got a multitude of, of spirits in occupying that place, you know. Or in the uh, most, another recent one was really interesting because um, I'm, I'm still learning, you know. I'm still, I mean, I would say that, you know, yes, I, I, I would consider myself someone who has like a advanced diploma, masters probably. I'm not an egocentric person, um, but I definitely I know my stuff, um, but I'm still learning. Um, and there was one house where I, I did a clearing. I thought everything was great. I had to like, was it in um, from here in Queensland? It was a place in Melbourne. I do a lot of clearings in Melbourne for some reason. I don't know why. In Victoria. It's haunted. Um, it's so yeah, haunted. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. very old there. So Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was doing a clearing there and I cleared a bush ranger. There was this whole story. There was two bush rangers. There was this um these people that worked on this parish and they were like someone who worked on the in the garden and there was a lady who worked as a nanny in the house and there was a priest and um his parish priest like where you could have a wife I don't know and he was like a he they were on a mission in Papua New Guinea or something so away from the house and these bush rangers came and like did all these things and stole money from the house and then ended up killing these people right this old story Mm. so I'm like yay the house is clear to clear it no problem at all and then um yeah the phenomena in the house was all the electrical items were going on and off all the time. The washing machine was turning on and off. Um, Classic. Toasters, yeah. you know, it's always, a, you know, a lot of regards it's like t- um, electrical items because they're trying to like get to the electrical things um, and in some ways I feel like go back to source, right? So I did that clearing but then they called me up and um, they're like, actually, we've still got phenomena here. And I'm like, really? That's really interesting. Okay, what have I missed? And then I went through the house again and then I realised I'd missed this portal that had been opened um, by people doing certain rituals, as we could say. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so they'd left an, a portal open. Um, so I, somehow I'd missed it. I don't know how that she's – I think it's because I was kind of checking for a certain thing and I kind of missed it. I don't know how it happened. But, you know, learning, so I'm still learning. And then I closed it and then the phenomena stopped and they're very thankful, thank God, for that, you know. Mm. But, yeah. yeah. Um, how much yeah. do you think that that comes down to the behaviours that people engage with? Um, so if you're doing something that's heavy in a house, it's going to leave that energetic imprint. But then, obviously, if you're consciously seeking to do spirit contact or magic or ritual or ceremony in a place, that's going to mm-hmm. open a portal. Yeah. How much do you think um, that contributes to people's experiences of haunting? And how much do you think the energetic lay of the land, and I'm talking about landlines yeah. or ley lines, yeah. running through a property also yeah. sort of act as an attractor? Because uh, I've seen that happen oh, a yes. couple of times in places yeah. that I've lived in where there's like effectively an underground river under the house yes. and then bang, you know, it's it's all, all systems yeah. go. Yeah, I've definitely seen that on multitudes of occasions, actually, because courts, um, 
yeah, so when you think about, you know, uh, quartz and the land and um, definitely energetics definitely are a contribution to amplified activity for sure. Mm. Um, and I've seen that. Um, with that one particularly, that was definitely on a very strong ley line and I, I, it was on like an intersection. Yeah. And actually the highway was running behind them and that was a particular intersection and, and then another was running through it. Mm. So, Yeah. And of course, if someone's going to do a ritual and not close a portal, <laughs> people do choose to participate in that. Um, mm. Remember, close, you know, um, because we, when we're opening these sorts of things, and, and I'm talking about Ouija boards and things like that as well, um, we're kind of open, opening to everything. Um, so you have to just be really careful. Um, I don't personally, I wouldn't um, suggest it doing that sort of thing. Um, yeah. A few people with um, who've opened up Ouija boards and things like that and, you know, we've had to clear, I've had to clear multitude of um, earthbound and other entities from other dimensions, yeah. Mm. Some really tricky ones, yeah, and they've called up a few people and they get to me and they're like, okay, we've tried a few people but we still haven't, um, you know, had any... Um, luck so um we'll try you now <laughs> and then there was i'm just thinking about one particular one where um it was a, another medium actually and her son was messing with um a ouija board and um had invited something that was really unusual kind of alien like entity right mm-hmm. so i with my guides i'm always asking them because it was a really unusual situation so um we had to wait for a particular dimension dimensional portal to open before we could actually send this being off and I had to wait there for about five minutes while my guides are going wait we're still going we're just trying to still find the right dimension keep on going just wait and I'm like yep complete trust I'll just wait I'll tell her that we're just waiting I'm not going to jump in here but <laughs> mm-hmm. wait for the particular dimension to come yeah and waited and then the, the dimension came and then yep we're ready to go all right all good and then it went but if you were just going Okay, let's just sage and um, you know <laughs> send a blessing in here. It's not going to work, you know. Well, you know, I mean, it it, it it's a good stopgap until I can I can get in to see you, basically, <laughs> or I can find a more powerful way. Actually, I've got some sage here. <laughs> yeah, I've got the old palace center in the background, actually. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it's a good stopgap. And one of the things that I noticed for me when I was just starting out reading for other people is that yeah. I don't. Um, I, I didn't learn the lessons around energetic hygiene and oh, closing yeah. things yeah. off for yeah. like over a decade. And a wow. lot of what, you know, I experienced as blowback <laughs> after seeing clients, because I see a lot of clients for, for readings. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Th- this exactly. isn't this isn't a video podcast, but just for our listeners. I know. But- <laughs> Chloe's got the, the eagle feathers and the sage out and just, just clearing a few things out of the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> Okay. I've also, you know, if you want to talk about energetics, I also have to kind of put a grid across the screen in front of me because I've got to be careful because I do distant healings and energetic mm. clearings by distance because I'm already picking up on energy um, in your house. I'm kind of just putting a grid across the screen. And yeah. Just say everything's just going to be over there and I'm going to have my energy here. My, yeah. energy, my energy and your energy is your energy. But, yeah, that's probably yeah. going to help with the rash that I'm experiencing here. Yeah. Energetic hygiene is so important. It really is, isn't it? 
It yeah. really is. It's it's crazy important. And a lot of people, exactly like you say, they'll they'll do tarot readings just for fun or they'll do Ouija board for fun and not realize that they're opening themselves up to um, interactions and interfaces with beings that they may not want to get in touch with, may not have thought that they were getting in touch with. Whoever's on the other end of the phone line could be anyone. Um, and it's it's part of the learning process to go through the experiences of having yeah. entities attached to you and you know once you finally and i only got it through my thick head like probably five or six years ago how important energy hygiene is oh, as a spiritual gosh. practitioner 100%, but yeah. every day-to-day folks like everyday folks still need to practice some form of energetic hygiene and yeah. you know most of the time in terms of low mood or that sort of seasonal sort of feeling of being low that will help with that process immensely but I, it's not something that people will think about because quite often people don't have that close relationship with their own spirit team or their own guides. Um, and certainly not as close as your, you and yours or, or me and mine. But on that topic, I mean, when you're channeling, who are you talking to most often and how does that sort of present? And, you know, what are your guides like? That's, that's a question I get a lot. Oh God, I've got, um, so I think it's important to, when you do start, you know, doing psychic development and getting to feel what your strengths are in regards to your clairs and you're getting to know your guides, is start to meet each and every one of them, write down um, on a bit of paper what your guides are, the impressions that you're getting, the personality. Um, one thing I do suggest, which is pretty much universal law, do, do you come to me with unconditional regard? Do you come to me with un- unconditional love? Do you come to me with un- you ask three times? That's the sort of universal knowing that a lot of people, mediums, should know. Um, mm. So you can check in if what you're seeing and feeling is not um, an earthbound, an entity, a lower demonic energy, right? Because um, there's a lot of tricksters out there, that's for sure. But that takes a while to develop um, because sometimes what you're clairvoyantly seeing is not. Um, always love and light, even though I've seen some that appear to be quite bright and light and they come in looking wonderful and then you're like, oh, something doesn't feel right about this. So you have to go with that. You have to use all of your senses to sense in, right? Nothing to fear though. It's just something like like anything you get better and better at really and Mm. it's discernment um, but it's also like uh, you've got to test and it's – I suppose you've got to learn. Yeah. 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 It's, it's good to have some sort of instruction and it's definitely good to have access to an expert. So this is the point where um, I ask you how people can get in touch with you because you know, what we've witnessed today is you've opened right up and you've, (laughs) you've opened yourself up to discuss things that I can tell you're starting to get a bit cooked. So tell me, Chloe, how can people get in touch with you? How can they book in with you? Yep, so it's Chloe R-E-L, C-H-L-O-E-A-R-I-E-L-L.com.au and um, I just do one-on-one sessions, house clearings or soul sessions. Soul sessions may involve entity attachments and past life clearings and all sorts of things, but I've got it all written there on the website. I go into great great detail about what may happen during the session Um but it's usually the highest priority clearing. Unless someone comes to me for a specific issue, they may have gone to a doctor and um, got to a point with a physical condition where they've tried everything. And I'm usually the last port of call. And um, mm. I do 
see benefits, um, all my clients see benefits. Um, I had a huge amount of testimonials until Google Business like shut down my page. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of an alternative fringe dweller, you know, which can um, maybe rub up the wrong people. I don't know. So I'm developed. I'm getting more testimonials now, but yeah, proof is in the pudding. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, one of the things that I dig the most, um, particularly in terms of social media, is when you record channelings and when you pop them up um, yeah. for people to sort of experience. Like your most recent one that you posted about the dragonfly and talking with oh, the dragonfly um, <laughs> is, is amazing because not only do you get to see how you are as a medium and how you are when you're channeling, um, you also get to understand and feel into a little bit more of, you know, who you are as a person energetically when you're not necessarily talking directly about yourself and it's just watching you work. So where can people find you on the socials? Are you on them? I'm What's on going YouTube. On there? I have a YouTube yeah. page, Chloe Ariel Soul Sessions, and I do um, a thing called Whimsical Wednesdays uh, where I, I channel um, usually the Cosmic Collective um, as the beings of, um, you can call them extraterrestrials, um, but, yeah, they're higher vibrational um, frequencies or um, that uh pass messages down about what's actually happening to the ascension of this planet and what's going on with us and um, different methods come through, which is really interesting. And as I told you already, that the Whimsical Wednesday channeling I did yesterday, my eyes literally changed colour, so that was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Even for me to look at it on the video, I'm like, oh, my God, my eyes have changed colour. Yeah. But, yeah, I, as a sort of a medium that I can take on the personality of, of the spirit Um uh, as a channeler, it's a part of channeling. You, you take on the personality and the, the being itself. Um, it is usually to pass on messages to benefit humanity. Um, that's the only beings I allow in. I don't let anybody else in, you know. Yeah. Nice one, mate. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It's fascinating. I could, um, I mean, you know, we, we, we could talk for hours and hours and hours, but um, I think we'll, we'll sort of end it there, man. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to have you on. And um, yeah, hit up those, that website and those socials, guys, because Chloe's the real deal. Yeah, thank you so much. 